Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So you know how I recently figured out that I'm like allergic to the world? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So I need your opinion on how to navigate this because I am honestly a little terrified to go out to eat. Uh-huh, I would be too. How would you figure out what you could or couldn't eat at a restaurant knowing <laughs> the things I'm allergic to are not common? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the only experience I have with this, well, two kind of experiences. My brother is also severely allergic to like every nut. And so he definitely has to do a lot of menu investigating. Yeah. I also have a friend who's very, very strict keto. And so she does a lot of menu investigating. So part of what I know that they both do is one, they literally pull up the menu before they go places and like look at the options. And if there's stuff that they have narrowed down, they will call the restaurant before they're even there and be like, I thinking about ordering this. Can you walk me through the ingredient list and how it's prepared? And typically, if you just get comfortable with a handful of dishes, at this point, my friend has like, you know, a handful of restaurants in the city that she just has in her back pocket that she knows this is what I order every single time because it's fine. So I think it just takes pre-work, which is annoying. (sighs) Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that's what I'm going to have to do because I've tried waiting until I was at the restaurant and then they just literally look at me like I'm crazy. It feels stressful. Yeah, I'm stressed. Uh They look stressed like they're going to hurt me because they might. Because they might. (laughs) Yeah. But Yeah. Okay. Well, Well, it's just being comfortable speaking up for yourself. We recently went out of town with my parents and my brother and his girlfriend, and he is a lot quieter. He's the one who has the allergy and it's a deathly allergy, like carries EpiPens. We need to still be very watchful kind of person. And we go and he's just like not super confident in speaking up for himself. And so like if he were to order something that has it, he would just either not eat it or like swap it back once he got it. But his girlfriend is like, no, we're going to like say the thing as we order it. So we also make sure it's prepared okay. And so when she was ordering everything, she was like, so he wants this and there's a peanut allergy. So that needs to be prepared a certain way. And here's what I want. It's not the allergy food. So you can prepare it however you want. But it was just funny where like, and if they were going to share, then they, she spoke up about both of them. And so it's just about being confident, but yours are such like ridiculous ingredients that you're allergic to. Well, the, the specifically citrus mm-hmm. is just a harder thing. Cause it's at least with tomatoes, it's likely to be like assumed based yeah. on the type of dish. 
or it's listed. Yeah. But like lemon, lemon, lime, orange, that kind of stuff. A lot of it is like a garnish or like it can mm-hmm. almost considered a seasoning. And so it's not in any listed ingredients at mm-hmm. all. It just stresses me out. Yeah. I would just do some calling before, spend an afternoon figuring it out just so you then have dishes and restaurants in your back pocket so that when you are ready to go, you don't have to do that work and it can feel more spontaneous and like you're not having to do that work. And then when you're there and you order that specific menu item, I would still say there's this allergy and, you know, here's how to prepare it or whatever. But yeah. Sorry, dude. Dude, and I'm just like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. fine. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. But the reason I asked is I knew about your brother. So yeah, we just, yeah, there's a lot of things. And just to have your <laughs> EpiPen with you at all times. Yeah, I do have. My <laughs> husband now asked me, he's like, do you have your EpiPen? You have it. Mm-hmm. Do you have your purse? Yep. Well, today I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit about the anatomy of, I need to come up with a fun title of the whole funnel in and of itself, because it's not necessarily a funnel, but kind of, but it's the journey that hopefully a dreamy client goes through. And it's something we talk about with our clients in the incubator a lot, but it's one of these pieces of the puzzle that when I've been talking with other service-based business owners who are like in year one to two, still feel like they're still trying to figure this out and how to do it really well. And they're still nervous about it and they're anxious about it. And so if we can equip our lovely listeners with being confident the next time they do this, that's what I would love to do. So the journey, the funnel that I'm talking about is the process of taking someone from getting either introduced or getting them in your corner, your sphere in general, and then having a coffee date with someone and then having a discovery call with someone. I feel like those two instances of conversation can be really nerve wracking for people and they either don't say enough or they say too much. And so I would love your just kind of top tips for those two conversations and really how to make the most of them. Yeah. I think it's important that we differentiate between kind of a networking of sorts conversation versus an actual, they are now a lead and we are moving them Mm -hmm. through kind of that cold to close where we're actually like booking the lead. We are taking a prospect and turning them into a client because those are two really different functions. So if we're talking about what I like to refer to as coffee dates, and mostly I say that because back in the day, I literally, it was about taking actual people to coffee. Now with so much of the world being virtual, it could be hopping on Zoom with someone. It could be grabbing lunch with an old friend. It can look a lot of different ways. How you're actually getting together is kind of here nor there. But I think I want to focus on the differentiation. Most of the time when you're having a networking conversation, you are either actively talking to someone who is a connector, meaning they know other people that could be your ideal client, or they know other people that could introduce you to your ideal client. And then you network often also with potential clients, but before they've shown or engaged in any sort of interest in the ultimate thing you're providing. Now, in my opinion, I personally would spend more time with valuable connectors than I would trying to, because essentially what you're doing is dating Mm -hmm. prospects. I think the dating prospects can be really time consuming. And unless you 
really know where they're at and what they need, you can kind of be taking a gamble on your time knowing if they're ready for what yeah. you have. Well, and that's the key ingredient to feeling like you're getting taken advantage of for someone picking your brain because yeah. it's not the right setup. It's not the right space for the conversation that you need to be having with that person. Yeah. So if we're talking about having a conversation with a connector and we're like networking, I think the biggest mistake people make is they're going in with intent to get something out of the conversation, which I don't think is a bad thing. People go in with intent all the time. Mm -hmm. How many times do you walk in the kitchen to talk to your spouse? And you definitely have a game plan, but you entertain all the other aspects of their day before you're like, how about we go get ice cream? (laughs) You know what I mean? So like you are used to navigating conversations Mm -hmm. where you want something all the time. Mm -hmm. And yet you clam up when you're having these conversations with people that you feel like could introduce you to potential clients. And so these connectors are generally busy people, generally extroverted people. They are involved in not just their own businesses usually, but often outside nonprofits or other activities, or they might be active in their church. Like they tend to have a lot going on, but they are so used to bringing people together Mm -hmm. because being a connector is part of who they are Mm -hmm. that they very rarely spend a lot of time talking Mm -hmm. about themselves. They ask questions. They are always the one asking questions. Mm -hmm. And if you can flip the script and all of a sudden make it about them, Mm -hmm. this is going to feel like the most refreshing conversation. I get to talk about my cool self and the cool things I'm doing or the cool people I know. Yeah. They love you. They will love you. They will love because they are often they're typically pretty selfless. Like they're just so busy working on everything else. Not that they're necessarily a people pleaser. A lot of these people are really strong-willed and confident, but they have shit to get done. And Mm -hmm. so they will connect the right people to make the shit happen, but they're not the ones always getting recognized. And so I really think if you can go in and really focus first on Asking about them, asking about how they're doing, what they're doing, what are the things they're excited about, what are the things they're working on. And consider this your opportunity to just learn from someone who is willing to spend more of their time than you are, because let's be real, (laughs) doing Mm -hmm. other things. I think you can learn a lot from them. I think you can gather nuggets from their life. I think there's a lot to learn outside of just being connected to the right thing. But the goal of that conversation really happens all in the last five minutes, Mm -hmm. 10 minutes of your time together. The majority of the conversation should be focused on what they're accomplishing, what they're doing. And then you can switch gears in the last few minutes of the conversation, often right before they leave or have Mm -hmm. to go. Mm -hmm. And the goal is to just be as genuine as possible. Because I think, again, when you get to in your head about asking for what you want and need, you can start to be weird about it. But I would go in and say something to the effect of, hey, it was like so incredible chatting with you today. I loved getting to hear and like insert all the things you love getting to hear. I am working on X, Y, C thing. You probably brought it up throughout the conversation. Mm -hmm. So like this should not necessarily be new information. And I'm looking for, Mm -hmm. insert what you're actually looking for. And I would love if you could help. 
the moment you say I love you would help, mm-hmm. they're going to perk up. This is literally what they are born to do. Mm-hmm. Like it is in their DNA to help people and they would be happy to do it. And so I don't know why we go in assuming that like we're putting stress on people that don't want to do this stuff for us. They absolutely do. So you ask them for what you want and need, and then you make it clear how you want that help to Mm -hmm. be delivered to you. And I think the goal is to be as clear and concise, but also to make it as easy on them as possible. So if you know they know a certain person and you want to be introduced to them, I think you could be like, oh, I I noticed you are friends with so-and-so. I'd really love an introduction. I feel like they would blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. If I drop you a quick text, do you mind sending us a joint email later today? If you don't know who they know and you're you're just trying to get introduced to people, like, is there someone who matches XYZ qualifications that you can think of that might be interested in whatever? Right. I'd love a quick intro. And if you're actually talking to a connector, mm-hmm. like they will know instantly they will have three to five people in their head. And if you can make it as simple as possible for them to connect you, whether it's a group message on a social media platform, a group email, I definitely think the goal here though is if possible, I would want to be included in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Like I don't tend to love And some people, they're going to have their own preferences about this. Some connectors will want to reach out to the person and make sure it's okay with them first before they connect you. But I think most connectors know their connections well enough to know if they're willing to Mm -hmm. have these conversations. I think it also depends on the type of connection. So I'm sitting here thinking about if someone were to ask me for connectors, like connections to certain people or instances, what would they be? And there's a couple where I feel like some people could get really specific and want to like either be hired by someone, work with someone, apprentice with someone, whatever. I feel like in that instance, maybe you want to reach out to the business that you're thinking and be like, are you hiring? Is this something that's even interesting to you? And if that's not the type of topic, then just like do the introduction just so two people get to know each other. But there are plenty of times where it's just like, Y'all are grownups and can figure out how you want to take this conversation and relationship on your own. And I'm just going to be the facilitator. Like if you don't want to do anything with it, I need to trust that you're an adult enough to decide that you're not going to do anything with it. Yeah. But I think the incredible thing about having that conversation with a connector and ultimately having them introduce you to other people is there's this unwritten level of trust that is exchanged in that instance. Where the, the person they're introducing to you, if you had just reached out cold on any platform, they may have ignored your email, not even seen it. An admin may have deleted it, like all the things. But because you were introduced by someone else they already have an existing relationship with, I would say damn near 100% of the time, they are willing to at least have some first level of conversation with you. They're willing to jump on a Zoom call or go to coffee or go to lunch, at least entertain that first conversation with you so that you really get an opportunity Mm -hmm. to have some level of exchange. And because that trust was exchanged, you get your moment, you Mm -hmm. know, and you don't always get that if you kind of go in blindly. And so I think it is critical to be willing to have these relationships with these connectors in your life. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing is, is like, as soon as you get that introduction, you already have a natural conversation starter to talk about the mutual connection that you have. And like, typically you both like that person. And so you can talk fondly of them. And I can't tell you how 
quickly, it strengthens a relationship to have not only a connection, but one that you can like hype up and talk about and be like, Oh my gosh, it's so great that she's doing X, Y, Z. Isn't it really cool? And I love that she knows you from this thing over here. And like, you're just starting the awkward conversation, but with something that you both feel really comfortable talking about. And I'm telling you like, how quickly that escalates your comfort level and the other person's comfort level to then get to what y'all want. Easy breezy. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. Like, (laughs) it's so helpful, and I, I think it's really critical. Now, I do think, to your point, there's a big difference between having one of those conversations Mm -hmm. and having what 
industry terms refer to as a discovery call. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And I think that sometimes, like what we talked about earlier, people interchange the two and you should be having a coffee date when you're on a discovery call, or you should be having a discovery call when you're on a coffee date. And that's the one that I think happens the majority of the time. And so walk me through, if you're getting connected with someone, if you're getting introduced and this person is a prospect, could be a potential client, how do you start the conversation in a different way where it leads to a discovery call instead of like, let's just get together and chat? Yeah. So I think the thing that's critical here is there is this sort of in-between conversation. There is the connector coffee date conversation. And then there's this conversation with a potential prospect that is ultimately still different than a discovery call. Mm -hmm. And so if we're talking with someone we've been introduced to, I think it's still important that we investigate who they are, and what they're ultimately seeking. And so in this conversation, you'll know far less about the person. You know, you don't necessarily have rapport or past or history. And so I would treat it more similar to a coffee date than I would a discovery call at this level. Not that this can't turn Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. a discovery call, but I would go into the conversation, regardless of how or where you're having the conversation, I would go in in the same way that you're willing to interview the connector. I would interview this person, but instead of talking about their life and the things they're doing and like having this really broad conversation that really encompasses the whole person, I would try to have a focused, narrow conversation that is close to and as adjacent as possible to what you actually do and what you can actually provide. Mm -hmm. So if you're working B2B as an example, and you provide copywriting services, I would go into this conversation ask them about their business, Mm -hmm. ask them about how things are going in their business. What are the things they're struggling with? What are their goals in the next 12 months? What are they trying to accomplish? Where do they want to be? What do they feel like their bottlenecks are? Like, and this isn't just you. It's not a game of 21 questions. Like you have to have a real conversation. Yeah. You have to have a real conversation with them. But if you can start to identify what are their real problems and what are the things they actually desire, then you could utilize that intel to mention what it is that you do. Mm -hmm. Now, in this conversation, I would probably wait again until the last five, 10 minutes of your conversation to really cue up that you're interested in working with them. Mm -hmm. Especially because if they're not interested in working with you, yeah, and if you bring this up too early, yeah. it can be a very awkward. Well, like, and also, like, what if you don't like them? Right. Like, don't just offer it to don't everyone. Don't just assume that it's going to work. Right. Like, you you need to vet them as much anyway. Yes. But also, like, you don't want to put them in a weird position where you're, like, 10 minutes into the conversation and they're not really interested. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're, they feel like, like they have awkward. to keep chatting with you. Yeah. And you, like, try to pitch them without even really knowing them. Anyway, it's just weird. So this isn't where you go straight into what you can do and how you can do it. And like, you don't get into your whole process Mm -hmm. and you're not selling your service. Mm -hmm. You just need to queue up how you feel like you could potentially help them on their journey 
to solving the problems that they just stated that they're having issue with. So again, if you're in that, they're a business owner, you're a copywriter. You know, I heard you saying this and I just can't help it. I have to bring it up. Like, this is what I do. And I'm really excited about your business. And I'm excited about what you're pursuing. And I think I could definitely help you with XYZ thing. And here's a bit more about my business and how I operate and how I work with clients. And would definitely love the opportunity to discuss this more with you in depth. Again, you're not just like pitching the whole thing. It's almost like you're queuing it up mm-hmm. as, oh, I could definitely oh, solve your problem. Weird. What are the what odds? Are the odds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you're just introducing that you could potentially mm-hmm. be the solution they're looking for. And then you can kind of gauge their level of interest in that moment to figure out, do you need to dig a little deeper and tell them a bit more? Or are they like not really looking for anything at this time? At that point, you're at a crossroads. Every conversation should be worth your time. And so if it's clear to you at the end of that conversation that they're not wanting to pursue more of a relationship with you or hear more about your business or have like that next level kind of like actual discovery call, then I would instead kind of pivot the conversation. And in the same way that you talk to the connector about well, here's what I'm looking for. And here's what I'm interested in. This is a lot of making decisions on the fly. You Mm -hmm. have to trust your gut. You have to understand what's going on, read the room. And if they don't want to move forward, then say, no problem. Totally get it. Mm -hmm. I hear you. And I feel like the problems you're having are the kind of things I would love to be solving for my clients. Do you happen to know anyone else Mm -hmm. in a similar situation Mm -hmm. that you could introduce me to? I feel like this thing you said, this thing you said, and this thing you said really aligns with my mission or my values or my mm-hmm. services Process. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you know anybody? Now, because they're not necessarily a connector, they may need more time. Mm-hmm. So you need to shut up. Mm-hmm. Like, let them think. Let them process. Ask specifically for what you want. If you happen to know anyone, I would love their email, their contact info for you to do XYZ. And then I want you to get up and go pee. Yes, truly. <laughs> That's the trick. You got to give them moments because they're not going to react initially. They may be like, hmm, let me think about it. And then if you walk away for a few minutes, they may like mm-hmm. search something on their phone or they may look someone up. And if like you come back staring at them, isn't going to help. No, definitely. If you have an opportunity to go to the bathroom or, or get a drink of water or something, mm-hmm. it can really break the awkwardness of it. And definitely the goal would still be to come away like, they have talked about a specific person they're going to introduce you to right away. Mm -hmm. Well, and what I want to say to all of this is for those of you listening and saying, Oh my God, this sounds like it takes forever. Why can't I just insert whatever marketing thing you think is going to achieve these same results here? I'm telling you, we need to get away from the concept and the idea and the absolute myth that landing clients is an instant gratification aspect in the service-based industry. It isn't. And there's no precedent that it has to be. You can set up systems and relationships in order for you to get fed clients, but that takes time. And that's the part that we can't get away from. And I just want to remind you that the efforts that you put in here and the actual real-life connections and relationships that you build here will undoubtedly serve you in the future and over time. 
And you may wake up in two weeks, 30 days, three months, six months, a year, whatever. The time is different for everyone and realize, holy shit, all of my amazing clients, I can circle back to this one person and Mm -hmm. that won't happen unless you spend this time here. Yeah. And spend the same amount of time writing social content, blogs, or developing an opt-in and still not get these results three years later. No, for sure. Now, before we go, I definitely want to talk about what is a discovery call? If those are the two kind of connector calls or like in-person meetings that you're having, like what is a discovery call? Well, the main differentiator here is this person has actually voiced interest in your service before you're having this conversation. Mm -hmm. They've maybe filled out a lead form and indicated they're interested. They reached out to you. They were like, absolutely, let's chat on Thursday about that. Yeah, they've indicated interest on social media and reached out to you. They've shown they are ready to move forward. Now, if you had that last conversation with them, you actually skip this step. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the mistake I see people making is you should have enough intel that Mm -hmm. you can go into an actual pitch meeting with that person. A discovery call is called a discovery call because you're on an exhibition. You're asking questions and discovering things about that person. If you already have that information, it transitions into a pitch presentation sales call. Yeah. And you don't have to call it a sales call. (laughs) You're just getting together. Okay. But the conversation is different. So please be mindful if you just had that other connection call, while the nature is similar to a discovery call, they skip this. Like this is is a skip they skip. Yep. Okay. Now, if you haven't had any previous meeting with them, and this is the first time you're chatting, the main difference between the last type of call and this call is that you are walking them through a bit more of your process. I would start off by thanking them for their interest. Like, I'm so excited that you're interested in working with us. And I love that you said blah, 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 blah. I still want you to dive into the same shit though. Mm-hmm. What is their problem? Mm-hmm. What, do they, what do they actually want? Mm-hmm. What is the goal they're working towards? What do they feel like is standing in their way? And this can be very specific to your industry or your offer or whatever, but you still need information because mm-hmm. their goal here is to get language. How are they talking about it? What are they saying? What are they indicating is the real issue? Because this is about angles. You're solving the same problem every time, but the parts that you highlight must and should be different based on what you're talking about in this discovery call, because it's going to give you nuances to really Mm -hmm. emphasize during the sales process. If that little nugget wasn't clear enough for you, and if that's not the like actual answer that everyone needs when they're talking about how do I talk about my offer, it's this, your offer and the results don't change. The highlights, the key points, the pain points that sell your prospect on that offer change and are custom to each prospect. Let's be honest. Everyone thinks they're special. (laughs) Everyone (laughs) thinks they're unique. Everyone thinks their problem, they're the only one encountering it. And you know, that's not true because you've been in your business long enough to know that there's differences. Mm -hmm. But like, this is simply not something that you get to ignore. So to really just wrap this up, I really want to encourage you that in this conversation, your main 
and only goal is to understand their actual pain and what they believe to be the solution to their pain Mm -hmm. so that you can reflect that information back to them. You do want to very briefly talk about your process, but this is not where you tell them your price. This is not where you go over your package. This is not where you get into the details of how to work together. This is not where you talk about everything you would need from them to move forward. This is not where you talk about the contract. None of that. Literally none of that. This is a 15-minute conversation to understand their pain and what they're looking for and to paint a picture and judge in that moment is this person someone I actually want to work with? Can I serve them? Can I serve them? Can I actually solve their problem? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes, then your only goal is to get all of that intel, all of that language, and actually book a longer sales meeting. Yep. Yep. Because in a sales meeting, remember, if you skip the step, you're already having the sales meeting it is longer you can even get away with just 30 minutes though. It doesn't have to be like a whole hour or anything, 20, 30 minutes, but it's the reiteration of everything the client has said or prospect has set up into that point, but in more of a presentation of here's exactly how I can help. Here's the offer, the package, the details of what you need of what I offer in order to get this result. And here's what it's like working with us and walking them through more of the actual details of what you can do, the timeline, the process, the journey, the A to B, the story, all of that in the like sales way, in the way that you do, but it's a sales meeting. Now, if all of this sounded like a lot and you're like, I wish I had scripts. I wish I knew exactly what to say. I, I wish, wish I, I had, had a, a presentation format template I wish, to get. I wish <laughs> I knew when to send my proposal. Mm-hmm. I wish I had more information about XYZ thing. Spoiler alert, yeah. that is exactly the work we do inside the incubator. Mm-hmm. We have all the scripts. We have all the templates. We have all the walkthroughs of all these different types of calls and when to have them and how to get someone on your client journey. Yep. So if you're interested in our process that is working for not just us, but for many, many of our clients, then I definitely recommend you go to bossproject.com slash incubator. You're going to fill out a quick, less than 10 minute Mm -hmm. application. Our goal in that application is really just to learn more about you, your business, and the things you have going on so we can have an individualized conversation with you to really assess where you're at and where you're going. Spoiler alert. It's so we can have (laughs) not necessarily a discovery call, but a discovery conversation. Hey, I was like, do you see that we follow exactly what we just said? Like you filled an application. So again, we can understand, can I help you? Can I provide the result that you're looking for? And we're going to give you real honest feedback. And I need to know that. (laughs) We're going to give you real honest feedback about if we can or not. Okay. But it just starts bossproject.com slash incubator. And then send us a quick DM as soon as you apply so that we can move your application to the top of the stack. I would love to chat with you and hear more about what you have going on. And I have so many ideas for how to make these really effective in your business. And I can't wait to chat more. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy-to-customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics, we make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.